You are listening to Power Up Your Team podcast with host Martina Kuhlmeier, helping women small business owners like you build a resilient team so you can scale up and win in the marketplace. Hello everyone. Hey, to step more fully into the CEO role, you have to relinquish some of your decision-making power sooner or later. But you are still responsible for all decisions that are made in your organization. And that can be pretty unsettling. Welcome to episode 12 of Power Up Your Team podcast, where I will share an idea of how you can design good decision-making processes that empower your team and give you peace of mind. The show notes can be found online at powerupyourteam.com slash 12. It is always good to invite different perspectives before making a business decision. You have done that all along. And with your involvement, there was never any doubt who had the last word. And of course, you want to stay involved and make the most critical decisions yourself, such as maybe a major capital investment or a new product launch. I'm talking about the many day-to-day -day decisions that can easily become noise and distraction when you are trying to focus on strategic matters. Examples are the coding or setup of a new piece of technology, or triaging a customer issue, improving work processes and practices, or planning and prioritizing work. But how can you create peace of mind that your team is making good decisions in a timely manner? In the past, you may have delegated all decisions to the same person who is now as overwhelmed as you were. You may have asked a couple of team members to make decisions and you are wondering if the person with the loudest voice wrestled everyone else to the ground. And then there are those times when your team is swirling around and can't seem to make a decision at all. Well-designed decision-making processes capitalized on the different experiences, functional expertise and perspectives of your team and allow the work to move forward in a timely manner. And here's a simple context you may consider. It's called voice, vote and veto. The voice belongs to the many people who have input to a decision. The vote resides with the few people who make a decision by finding consensus. And the veto is reserved for the person with the ultimate decision authority. The person with veto rights can stop the work, ask for additional information or recommend a new direction. Ultimately, The veto authority lies with the CEO of the company. And here's the point. The smarter your decision-making processes, the less frequently you have to step in and exercise your veto right. For example, you have a situation where your operations and customer service teams are raising red flags left and right because the sales team accepted a deal that they are not equipped to execute. In this scenario, the sales department has voice, vote and veto. 
So here are three options to reduce the likelihood of that situation to occur. You pull in the reins and review every deal yourself. You exercise your veto right on 100% of all deals coming in. And that means you are back in the weeds. Second option is to require the sales team to solicit input from operations and customer service, giving them voice in the process. And your sales team still has vote and veto rights. This means sales team still has sole discretion over which deals to accept. And you find out after the fact if there are issues. Third option is you design a process where all three teams have voice and maybe operations and sales together can vote on accepting a deal and you keep the veto rights. This most likely means that you have to get involved on exception basis only. Now, throughout my career, I led several strategic initiatives that were designed to change key leadership processes across all business units of a very large organization. Many experts steeped in current process and technology and a representation of leaders and supervisors provided input along the way. In our context, they were the voice, the vote belonged officially to a project team. Each member of the team represented their senior human resources leader who held veto rights just for their business unit. And these senior leaders happily exercised their veto rights. And for all practical purposes, the project team was stuck with work and deadlines, but had no room to compromise and make decisions to move the project forward. You can imagine the impact on team morale due to the extra work loops and frequent escalations up to the chief HR officer. And in addition, there were senior leaders all across the organization who had a special level of influence due to their tenure and their relationship to the C-suite. If they expressed the slightest concern over any aspect of the project, Solicited or unsolicited, everything came to a freeze. The project team was bogged down by the complexity of the organization and that eroded team engagement and morale. So here are three takeaways that apply irrespective of business size. If you assign voting rights to a team, stand by it and support them. Minimize the number of people who can veto a decision. It just creates churn. And finally, don't let people undermine the decision-making process. It impairs morale. How organizations make decisions is an aspect of their culture. And you as the CEO are a role model for the environment you want to create. Keep in mind that delegating decisions is not a loss of power. It enables team autonomy through effective collaboration. And that's what you want so you can get out of the weeds and step more fully into the CEO role. Thank you for listening to Power Up Your Team podcast. Leave a review about this episode and share it with other women business owners. Show notes can be found online at powerupyourteam.com.